Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network. This is Sound and Vision. I'm Rachel Stevens. Yard Act is a UK band that basically KXP is obsessed with. The truth was sold, that's where the trail goes cold. My shoulders shudder at the And turns out, so is Sir Elton John. Here to talk to me about Yardak's recent collaboration is frontman James Smith. James, thanks so much for being here with me. Hey, it's a pleasure, Rachel. Cheers for having us. Before we get to this bonkers news, Yardak has not even been a band for that long, correct? Like your first album, your first full album came out in just January this year called The Overload. I just kind of want to know a little bit of backstory about how this band came together. How did you find this magic of Yard Act? Me and Ryan, who plays bass, we kind of started the band as a as a side project, uh, which very quickly became a our main main project once we got started. And <laughs> um, we, yeah, we started yeah September two thousand nineteen. Me and Ryan have been friends for years. Uh, he played in a band called. Menace Beach and I played in a band called Post World Glamour Girls that were both sort of kicking around leads and doing stuff. And um we'd kind of were caught in each other. We knew we were we were we just wanted to be friends. I think I maybe wanted to be friends with Ryan more than he wanted to be friends with me. Not that he didn't want to be friends with me, but I was definitely trying a bit harder. You were in the market for friends. Yeah, I was definitely uh answering texts a little bit eagerly. Yeah. A little bit more eager than he was. Uh, but yeah, we started like uh, meeting up and then uh, he ended up between houses and he needed a place to stay. So I invited him to come and stay in my spare room. And that's kind of where Yardak started. I bought this four track off eBay and uh, we were going to do, yeah, we were just going to write albums on the fly uh, in the practice room and get whoever was around to sort of play drums and fill in on whatever needed doing. Uh, and 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 get these albums done and then just give cassettes to our friends, which is, you know, which is the most cliched hipster uh, approach to starting a band that, that immediately went out of the window when there was some interest in the first song. What a day to be alive, the state of everything. I know you saw the sign in the window. Yeah, we spent a year, we put out four singles in a year. We weren't really a band. It was just me and Ryan, and we kind of recruited Sam and Jay over that time. But we're kind of working remotely, and for a band, it, yeah, it was, you know, for what now is a fully-fledged rock band, it was not a band at all during that time. It was a, a bedroom project that got out of hand. Well, it turns out during the pandemic, the bedroom projects were all we had. And yeah. um, and also, I mean, if other stations were like KXP, I know that anything that y'all put out, I just wanted more. So I'm sure yeah. there were people just being like, more, 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 please. Yeah. Yeah, and definitely. Then, yeah. And then in October of 2021, Elton John, uh, I like praised you as his new favorite band, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is, was, I mean, if people weren't listening to you yet, they were definitely paying attention now. Yeah, it was weird. That I, I think the first, the first when the first time I caught wind of it, uh, I was just like, I was walking 
to practice actually we'd started practicing as a band by that point and uh i got a text from a friend with a screenshot uh, with a photo of like a <laughs> recent uh newspaper article saying uh oh, oh, oh my god elton john's a, a yard at fan what's going on and uh yeah your brain doesn't really compute that information because it's so far removed from normality like you know like it's, it didn't make any sense and uh and it's like oh cool right well we've got that little tidbit we can kind of use that as a as a sort of you know there's there's, there's legitimate proof it's happened it's in print <laughs> he said it so we can use that for a bit of sway and then it just kept growing he kept saying it in other uh other <laughs> interviews he was doing a lot of press at the time and he just kept saying yard at and uh wow and then he started playing us on his radio show on the on the Rocket Hour, and um, and then we did a cover of uh, Tiny Dancer, right. which was definitely like we definitely knew what we were doing. Like we <laughs> we we know we were caught in attention a little bit. And then the next thing, I I got a call. Uh, I got an email saying, "Can I pass your from our manager saying, can I pass your number on to Elton John because he wants to call you?" And so I wow. immediately emailed back saying, "No, I, I don't want to speak to him." <laughs> now, obviously, I was like, uh, "Yeah, of course." Oh, did you play it cool? I did play it cool. Yeah, I sat waiting by the phone for an hour before he decided to call me though it was uh you know i was like on the edge and then i finally got this call through from sir elton and he just uh he really loved the cover we'd done and he, and then he just gave us some really positive words and said he was really excited to see what we did next scream in the face so slowly there's no way they could possibly miss it ever seen Elton John in concert like what are your memories of Elton John what was your experience with Elton John before you had him like on speed dial so my first memories of Elton John my first memory would have been uh the Lion King soundtrack Hmm. and then the other the other sort of incredibly, uh, especially from a media standpoint, um, over here was obviously the, the death of Princess Diana. And it seems to me you lived your life like a candle in the wind, never fading with the sunset. And then after that, obviously, like my mum and dad had Elton's greatest hits, and I remembered connecting the image I'd seen on the telly to the uh, front cover of the Greatest Hits album and, and listening to that and, and hearing songs like Rocket Man, um, Berry and the Jets, I always loved. Um, and then I remember hearing uh, your song in Moulin Rouge. I hope you don't mind that I put down in words. 
feel like you and I are maybe like the same age and like the, you're just like hitting a lot of like memories for me right now. Is, is this resonating with you? Yeah. You, you get, yeah. Cause the, I mean, this was the, you know, like this was, um, it's a really interesting gateway into an artist who's um, world renowned. He's prolific, you know, like it's is. just like you you don't ask anybody like how they first uh, found out about Elton John and they they respond like who? No, like everybody yeah. has like everybody has moments with Elton John. Yeah. Yeah, but completely. you actually have moments like with Elton John. And so <laughs> tell me a little bit about how he ended up collaborating on y'all's new single 100% Endurance. So we just felt cheeky and asked him <laughs> i mean yeah we sent an email to his via his management saying uh would elton be interested in featuring on this track playing piano and doing well we originally we just said would elton like to play piano on this track in the studio with us mm-hmm. and then uh he uh and then he rang me again and he said he just heard the word from his management uh about being on the track and his response was um, this can be edited, can't it, Rachel? Can I swear? Yeah, yeah. Elton's a quite a spicy swearer when he wants to be. He's, uh, <laughs> you know, he's got, he's got a clean public image, but he also uh, he swears like a trooper. Anyway, he rang me up and he said, uh, "Absolutely." I was woken by a bang, and I could already taste the shame, the sudden fear that grips and shakes you when you face the truth. I, yeah, I truly believe that it, it completely paid off uh, working with Elton, and uh, and I'm so glad it did. But you know, it felt like it, we didn't know how it was going to go going in, and uh, yeah, I mean, like the first thing he did was like pure crocodile rock. He just he went like full yes. honky tonk blues on the track, and um, and it was like, oh my god, this guy could absolutely just play piano like there's no tomorrow. Was, and I had to hit the talk back button and tell Elton John it wasn't right. I was like, eh. yeah, I was like, Elton, it sounds amazing, but it's just not what the song needs. And he just went, come in here and tell me what you want. So I'm like, me and Ali, the producer, went in the room and, and like, we stood over Elton's shoulder and we hashed it out. And he was just like, he was like, it's your song, it's not mine. Yeah, it was crazy. He rang me up and he said, don't be afraid to tell me to f*** off. Whoa. Uh, which, you know, is he was like, it's your song, it's uh, not mine. And, and he all, oh, this is quite cool. So he went, because uh, last year I did, a, I did a collaboration with the Gorillas, and Damon told me I was playing absolutely f***ing shit. And I was just like, right, you've just, yeah, it was weird. He, like, he spoke about us in like the same breath as like, collaborating with Yardak was like the same as collaborating with David Arban and I was like yeah it's hard to comprehend you've more or less forgotten me this summer I, what I really wanted to do was as soon as we got in the studio and he got behind the piano I wanted to hit the talk back and shout off just to sort of break the ice but I didn't have to I'd, he went in and he blasted out this amazing you know, piano part that just wasn't right for the song. And then we went in and we worked out and then we got, and we collaborated and it was a real collaborative process. And he was like, what do you think to this? And he'd play, uh, you know, uh, shapes and melodies that my brain would have never even gone to. And it'd be like, do that. That's brilliant. And they'd be like, what do you think to this? And he'd be like, no, can you do it like this? And then we'd kind of hum to him. And it was, 
yeah, it was completely collaborative. The whole process was completely removed of ego and there was a lot of people involved in it and a lot of moving parts and um, everyone, even the megastar Elton John, was completely indebted to making the song as good as they could and I'm grateful for that and and I'm really happy with how it turned out. Well, that's amazing. What a collaborative process. Where does Yardak go from here? What's next after after Elton John? I uh, just uh, guess doing the soundtrack for the next Disney film, whatever that is. <laughs> I <laughs> love it. I mean, obviously you know. that's your trajectory. No, um, we're working on album two, and uh, it's pushing the boat out a little bit more. And we're ex- you know we're we're trying stuff out. We the main thing we're we're trying to retain is we're we're experimenting with sort of more sounds. And uh, I mean, we're a band now. Like I say, album one wasn't a band. Uh, 100% Endurance is kind of the uh, the Elton John version is the first sort of what's well, the first record with the whole band on it um, mm-hmm. so that's really important I think we're just kind of trying to retain that initial enjoyment that me and Ryan had uh, before stuff kicked off really uh, just your text now Ryan or Elton. Oh, Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Ryan. Uh, yeah, he does. He does answer my texts now. He can't. Yeah. I mean, I see him every day. We. Uh, he lives around the corner. Also, did you get your parents a uh, signed copy of Goodbye Yellow Brick Road? I uh, no, I didn't. I. Uh, I. But I feel like the uh, the photo has kind of been enough. I'm pretty sure my mum's already had it blown up and printed off and put in a frame in the living room. Um yeah, the my mum yeah, my mum's got right royal bragging rights uh over the Elton John thing. I think it's the first it's the first time she's been able to kind of explain to all her friends that her What you do. Yeah, what I do. Like, you know, my life hasn't changed very much since it happened, but I feel like my mum now finally feels she can kind of explain to her friends that I'm success I did I'm doing air quotations here, like successful. (laughs) Like I feel like they're like, oh, Elton John. So it's like, you yeah, know, everything else has been like, they don't care. They don't know what that is. But Elton John, everyone knows Elton John. Exactly. You know? I, I'm pretty sure my parents will tell people that I talked to somebody who worked with Elton John. Like, that's how yeah. they'll describe what my job is. Well, seven, <laughs> seven degrees of separation, isn't it? What, yeah, what's exactly. that? One, two, three. Yeah, the, you're getting closer, Rachel. Yes. I think, yeah. Well, James, thank you so much for being here. I cannot wait to see what Yardak does next. I will be listening. And also, I cannot wait for y'all to be here in October, October 6th at the Crocodile in Seattle. Yeah, that sounds great, Rachel. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'll see you then. See you then. Thanks cool. so much. Bye. Right. Bye, James. Watch me explode. That was Sound and Vision for KEXP. I'm Rachel Stevens. Rate and review this podcast right now, please, for me. Pointless, ah, but it's not though, is it? It's really, really. Unless you don't like it, then forget about it. Really feel it. Grab somebody that you love. Grab anyone who needs to hear it. Shake them by the shoulders. Scream in their face.